nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing to SA Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, it's just a table for two tonight with Rafa. Royce, uh, unfortunately, is not able to uh, attend due to uh, some air conditioning issues uh, at the house. And as we know in San Antonio, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Rafa, how are you? I'm feeling good. Uh, big win can for... Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can't hear you. Hear me? Oh. Let me let me try something. No. All right. So it looks like we lost Rafa here. Um, for that here, but uh, just to kind of give a heads up here, uh, like I say here, um, uh, Chris Cox thinks a uh, great game, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I thought it was a well played uh, game at this point here. Uh, you back, Rafa? You hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, how are you once again? Sorry for the the hiccup here. Good. Um, enjoyed two two big wins, one from our, our local team and one from from Club America. They got the the Classico, the Mexico City Classico win. So, so I was, well, so there's two two things I want to start out with before we hit, um, before you know before we before we hit the San Antonio stuff here. One. Do we want to start with the the worst news ever, or just the bad news if you're if you're not a fan of of MLS or Liga MX? Uh, Which one do you want to do first? The worst news. <laughs> let's just start so, with yeah, let, let's 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 just start with this. And like I said here, I'm going to keep my comments kind of brief, just because you know uh, you know I'm not a woman and um, I've never been in this position. Um, on either side, either either one with power or or the here. Um, unfortunately, NWSL uh, on a great report by Meg Lenahan um, on the Athletic you know, came out with uh, unfortunately an, an you know a really horrible story. Uh, you know, with uh, the North Carolina at the time, uh, North Carolina uh, Courage coach uh, had a pattern of uh, unfortunately sexual uh, abuse and and other things here and and so far it's been traced all the way back to 2014 um you know when that when that said coach uh, paul riley allegedly uh um committed these things and i know he came out and said he did you know that, that he didn't um but the thorns portland thorns have came out and said that that was part of the reason why he was not renewed um, they said that they've forwarded the information to, you know, NWSL front office, um, which at the time would have would have also been part of U.S. Soccer. 
Um, unfortunately, that coach was able to still get positions after that, um, which is what the issue is. And um, that's on top. What OL Lane uh, Rain had, you know, fired a coach uh, earlier this week, or not this week, this year. Um, I think one in that uh, race, uh, the Racing Louisville um, also had a coach along those similar situations. So uh, I'm not going to talk into the specifics on it, but, you know, unfortunately we can't start the show, in my opinion, without at least addressing it. Um, Rafa, you've been a coach. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've ever coached women, um, but being a coach, kind of your thoughts, you know, on – on this ugly situation, you know, there, there's, you know, I'm proud of the players to stepping up and, and, you know, you know, making a stand uh, for it here to, to hopefully force NWSL to make changes. And they did come out with um, initiative this afternoon saying that, uh, you know, the new initiatives are going to be an independent review of practices and policies at the league and club level. Uh, comprehensive policies and procedures created for the league and all club members to make sure that there's transparent and you know, effective uh, execution of any harassment or workplace conduct issues. They're going to reopen uh, the 2015 invest investigation uh, of uh, NWSL former NWSL coach Paul Riley, um, his circumstances leaving Portland Thorns. Um, which then, you know, hired by the Western New York Flash before they relocated down to North Carolina Courage. Um, you know, they'll review all investigative reports of historical complaints of discrimination, harassments, and abuse, uh, physical, emotional, or sexual in NWSL, and, uh, you know, the continuation of ongoing initiated under the current anti-harassment policy and recommendations of sanctions where uh, appropriate. So a lot to get into. Um, like I said, this is way outside of my depth. And like I said here, I know I tweeted uh, that, um, you know, I'd love for Danielle to hop on a podcast at some point, you know, whether it's with us or somebody else uh, to give her kind of views on it. Cause I know, you know, with her being in the game, um, you know, she, she, you know, she obviously would, 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 would have better views than I do, uh, unfortunately on it, but your views as a coach, uh, Rafa, you know, what, what's kind of your thoughts, uh, on, on this mess? I'm surprised as, you know, this was allowed to occur and then, you know, put under the rug for such a long period of time, you know, and then, and like I said, not I'm not no not blaming the players and all that. You know, we don't know what the situation as far as if it was brought up right away. But I think I think the uh, you know whoever's like the GMs, the VPs, the player operations, and the owners, you know, if they're aware, like I said, with the case with Portland, if they're aware of why, you know, he wasn't re-signed. You know, why wasn't that sent to the league as soon as possible before you got onto another another team? You know, and and then they could have investigated this a lot a lot sooner. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, I guess, a lot of finger pointing on why this was allowed. And on a, you know, on the coaching side, you know, I, I've had coached girls. You know, um, I used to coach eleven uh, girls with Texans, and you know, it is different from coaching boys. <laughs> and you do have to kind of watch what you say and and stuff, and you know. But you know, you treat everybody the same, the same, you know. And 
you know, you got to have respect for your players, no matter boys or girls. And, you know, something like this, you know, uh, occurring, you know, sh sh shouldn't be happening. And actually, this, some, something occurred, I think something locally also occurred too, with another thing. I don't know if you saw this in the news. Something happened. It's kind of similar to that that's being investigated. But for the professional level here, you know, why are the the owners and the GMs not take, you know, any complaint or anything like that? Why aren't they going ahead and investigating it right away? Say, so, hey, you know what? Let's just pull our coach to the side. Let's look into this first. Mm -hmm. We got to look for the well-being of our players first. Let's investigate it. If everything runs clear, then we'll let them back in. If not, if there is some type of violation, okay, we're already on the, jumping on it, and we're going to take care of it. You know, we're not going to allow this person to go to another team and possibly, you know, most of those times are their repeat offenders. So if they did it once, they're going to do it again. And, and you can see kind of a pattern here. But like I said, it, you know, the coach, the coach under investigation, like I said, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty, you know, because that's how we are as far as, you know, in nation, you know, until everything's cleared up, you know, we'll find, you know, until the truth comes out, you know, we'll, you know, we have to make our, our opinions on, on the matter. Yeah. To me, the other thing that sticks out to me and is the commissioner of the NWSL, um, Lisa, has been, you know, I think it's Lisa Baird, I believe is what her name was, um, has already been let go. And um, I think one of the, uh, you know, one of the uh, lead attorneys, um, uh, for NWSL, a female's also been let go. But to me, like I said, you've got to go further. Um, you know, I know the owner of, you know, Portland, you know, the Thorn and the Timbers. You know, I'm not saying he's got to go, but there's got to be an executive, on, you know, that, that's got to fall. There's got to be somebody at U.S. Soccer, in, in my opinion, that, that's got to take the fall. Because they were a part in – you know, they may be kind of trying to take a step back saying, Hey, we just gave um, compensation and helped, you know, sustain, sustain the league, but they had a role of managing, managing, you know, the league at, you know, during those times, uh, you know, I think that just stopped, you know, this year, uh, you know, where, where they kind of took a step back. So to me, I fear that this is just the tip of the iceberg, you know, cause we saw that with the gymnastics. <clears throat> We've seen that. <clears throat> excuse me, we've seen that within figure skating, you know, where top coaches, elite coaches, um, unfortunately, have took, advantage, took advantages of, of the young females. And, um, you know, I hate to say this isn't, you know, this isn't something that's tied specifically to soccer in WSL. This, unfortunately, is, is an ugly chapter in U.S. sports. And, you know, it, it goes across, you know, swimming, gymnastics, um, you know, uh, you know, through there here. So, but hopefully, if, you know, like I said here, we can get, you know, some great female voices like Danielle um, and Liz, uh, you know, you know, they do a, a podcast every once in a while on, on protagonist pods. Um, they can kind of put together their two cents into because um, it's, 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 it's it's hard for me to bring it up because I'm a guy. You know, like I said here, it's I've never coached a female, don't have plans to coach a female. Um, you know, for you know, for that here. So, 
but all I know is if 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 Anna was involved in, in a situation like that, uh, you know, uh, I, I I would not be happy. I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. What's what's kind of, like I say? What's surprising is that you know this. Why wasn't this? If the ownerships and you know knew about this, and the commissioner knew about this, and whoever was you know, like I said, like I said, executives from the league, if this was this was known for quite some time, you know, why was this person allowed to, you know, who's to say this person isn't involved with the U.S. Women's National Team, and you know, there'll be another could have been another scandal. They're like like the same thing with the, with the gymnastics, so. There is, like I said, there is some accountability that needs to be taken care of. Like I said, I don't, I don't think you can. I don't know how you would you punish an owner. Like I don't think you can take away a team, but I think you they, can. They did they it uh, in Salt Lake. Yeah, I mean, they did if, it with the Clippers for far worse, you know, for yeah. far less. I mean, if that, if that, if that's what's gonna take, then then and then do it. You know, same thing. I mean, I'm, it's good that they took away uh, the. The commissioner, but 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 that I mean, like I said, that's a little too late already. If she had knew about this, that's what I want to know. How long has she known about this? And for her not to do a single thing about it, that's just a lack of respect to the players there, and also to the sport, you know, for the and the safety, you know, for the, the safety of it. And you know, there's there's like I said, heads are gonna have to roll. U.S. Soccer needs to do something about really do something about this to prevent this, and maybe you know have some type of people that are, you know, whether it's the pros, the the the, you know, the lower leagues, um, you know, college, and even into the club, you know, there's got to be some type of you know accountability, but also people making making sure monitoring none of this is happening, just for the safety of the players. Yeah, so the other subject um, that came out, um, the League's Cup, uh, with it being expanded. Uh, one second, I'm trying to see. I should have had this pulled up here. To League Cup expansion. Basically, it's going to cover, what, 40? Right now, 47 teams. I think you can kind of see that. Um, in 2023, in 2023, uh, the League's Cup's gonna, you know, is a historic tournament between MLS and Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams are gonna pause their, their regular seasons, all clubs are to participate. Um, you know, it is sanctioned by CONCACAF. The winner earns a spot directly to the CCL round of 16. Second and third place earns CCL qualifications uh, for that here. So there's some weight behind this. It's supposed to be set up kind of like in a World Cup type setting. From my understanding, you know, on the reports here is that it's going to be mainly in the United States and uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of interested why it's not in Mexico as well, at least a group or two uh, for that here, because I think, you know, having um, teams travel down to Mexico, I think would be very interesting. 
uh, to be able to see how that process goes uh, for that here. So your thoughts on the League's Cup, uh, the expansion of it? It's just a money grab. <laughs> That's how I just see it. I mean, if you're going to play all the games in the U.S. or Canada and we're not going to play any games – I mean, Mexico's got some good quality. I mean, you got Guadalajara, you got Mon Mon the two stadiums of Monterey, you got the Azteca, which has been, if you have looked at it, it's been remodeled too as well. Uh, I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think, you know, but for the Liga and Megas teams, I guess for the owners, you know, marketing-wise, I mean, you do have a lot of Liga MX fan, fans in – in the United States, and maybe out of this, you know, you go into parts, you know, you can showcase your teams that you normally don't get to. So I, I can see the part where the, from the from the Liga Mecca says, hey, well, we're going to get exposure at places that maybe don't know about us or don't really know about our teams. But like I said, we have quite a few, like I said, a lot of teams know who Clover Merca is, Chivas, Tigres, Monterey. But I can, I can see some like a team like Toluca or you know, Tijuana and all that, you know, you know, expanding out and hopefully maybe getting some fans out, some explosion, some fans and more fans in the U.S. So it, it should be an interesting tournament. It'll be fun. But, you know, what does that leave out of the USL? <laughs> so, so, you know, kind of I think maybe USL should maybe create one similar, something similar to that, you know, and do it with the second division teams for, for Mexico. That would be an interesting tournament to have. But what are the quality of the second teams in, in Mexico? Because with with them stopping the the pro rail, aren't isn't it more MLS two ish teams? Uh, you know where it's more about the youth and, and along those Somewhat, lines. But they're actually going to be changing that because well, they, they are. They are. Yeah, they're <laughs> actually going to go back to the regulation and promotion pretty soon. I, I think for now they wanted for this time they wanted to concentrate on developing players. But then now I think the owners are starting to see that a lot of the players from the first division are really moving up to, you know, going to Europe. Um, you know, there's quite, I think there's a couple of them that just got recently signed. They're over there. And so they're think, we're kind of rethinking things. Like, hey, well, let's just have a, you know, you know promote, like a promotion this up and, you know, because there's a couple of teams that maybe do need to go down like Juarez and, Maybe Mazatlan, but as far as like I guess Liga, Liga MX, you know, this this is a benefit for them. It's just going to be more money. Maybe I think also probably the TV rights probably also played into a role as far as who's you know who's involved with this, and, and probably is going to get them more money to sign more pro high profile players. That's a, and that's the thing is with Liga MX, they don't have a salary cut compared to what MLS is. You know, so they can go after some of these kind of the bigger star names players from South America to come over here or some of the European players. So, yeah, I think for me, um, like I said, so there's there, there's two issues from it. Number you know, and, I, and I'll start from the MLS aspect of it. Mm -hmm. One, if you're going to if you're going to stop your season for, you know, four months. And, and from my understanding, they're going to be doing this late, late summer. So July, um, you know, July, August, somewhere around there. So right, you know, right before the playoff season starts, I think that kind of affects this. To me, that affects the season a little bit. 
But number two, more important, Champions League shows that Mexican, you know, the the Liga MX teams are, are just better. There's no way. There's no way around. Um, you may get a MLS team that 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 makes a run, and part of that's just because of how MLS is ran, where it's there's the the talent that you can bring into Liga MX, the the price tag that you can bring in dwarfs. What, what what MLS does. So I think if MLS is really going to take this serious, they've got to they've got to open up the pocketbook a little bit more. Um, to where you know, to me, I, I would love it if they would just you know take away all the funny math that that comes with Garber Bucks and you know DP Young DP, you know you know homegrown, all these silly rules that they have. I understand why they don't, but on the on the flip side for MLS. If you're saying your club's worth six hundred million dollars, why do you need the training wheels? That that's the issue. Um, you can't have it both ways. Mm. The other, and we've already seen this impact Mexico. From my understanding, the Copa MX is going to be canceled. MLS, uh, you know, Garber's already said, "Hey, we're going to have to review um, or see about making changes to the Open Cup," which for USL teams. Nisa, lower division, that's their only chance to be able to go to, uh, you know, CONCACAFs, you know, you know, Champions League or, you know, League's, League's Nations Cup or anything like that. And to me, my fear is what happens if, if MLS says, hey, we're not going to take part of it or, hey, we're only going to take part of it, but we're going to be in it when it's so watered down that, it, you know, there may be, you know, 10 teams as a, you know, let's say 10 teams. And then the MLS teams are going to come in um, at that point, you know, where, where the lower leagues have kind of be, you know beat themselves up. But to me, I don't like that Liga MX has already said, Hey, Copa MX is out. And to be honest with you, we've had two years without the open cup. I know there's qualifying going on right now, which unfortunately the runners lost, um, so they were the local San Antonio team, but they lost to Southwest, uh, uh, you know, Southwest team out of El Paso a couple of weeks ago um, for that year. So that that's my concern. What about kind of the, the Open Cup slash uh, um, Copa Mex? I mean, I'm not sure how big of a, or, you know, how big of a named tournament that was, you know, compared to the Open Cup here stateside. I think the only thing with the Copa MX is, is you had to play it during the week, so you had to, it pushed some of your games, and then you had to be really creative, especially with the players. You know, and most of the times when they do play a lot of those, they were playing a lot of their their bench players or their lower or their academy their academy their like their year twenty ones or U twenty threes. They're kind of like the cusp of making the first team. You would probably bring you would bring those players up to play those those games, kind of kind of like when you see like when the when the European teams play their domestic mm-hmm. cups, like the Coppa Italia, the Coppa Rey. Usually play they play their kind of the the younger bunch players, you know, just to give them some experience. And that's why the Coppa Mekis was that was giving them experience. But when it got too close to like the quarterfinals and the semifinals. That's when you saw some of your 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 top players because they do want to win it and because they did have the the two team the two uh, the teams that won the Copa Americas play against each other 
in the summertime, like a champion versus champion. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Elite, with the domestic league cup, they had a champion versus champion. So, and I think that helped them qualify, I think, for the also for the Champions League. So that that's Liam Mackey's on me, and I'm sure they're going to be like, ah, eh, they can care less about that because, like I said, they had barely brought back the MX. Um, like I said, it's this. They probably feel well. This, you know, this is going to make us more money. You know, plus if it's going to be a month long, month long uh, tournament, you know, now they don't have to really play too many games during the week. You know, you'll have some to make yet the makeup whatever you missed for that month, but it's not going to be as abundant as having those couple MX games. And then not like I said, not all the teams participate in the Copa MX like what they did kind of with the USL kind of watered down. Right. So they 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 kind of just see this more as okay, well this will be a better better for us. But now as for the for the lower teams like for USL, Nisa and all them. You know what do you do? I, I think USL needs to. I mean, are we going to see the US Open Cup disappear? That's, that's a possibility. That I is think that possibility. is a possibility. I, I and we have to see it. And from MLS aspect, and and it sounds like this was the same thing. You know, for uh, you know, for Liga MX, the Open Cup really isn't a cash driver. It, it's not. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's. You know, as a fan of a lower league team, you love it, you know, because you get a chance to go against the MLS team and, uh, you know, a chance to chase, uh, you know, you chase that spot. No. The other aspect that I find on this here is this is going to kick off in 2023. Um, and this will be my final subject on this. So that tells me right now they have 47 teams, you know, the, the full teams in Liga MX. And with the expansion right now, it brings it to uh, 47. That 48th team, it would not shock me that MLS brings in Las Vegas. Um, within, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they're announced by the end of the year, personally. Um, so that way they can they can bring them on. It's going to be kind of like a, a Charlotte uh, a Charlotte uh, um, MLS system where you know they they were announced and they're in the league in the league in almost two years. So. That'll be the interesting aspect because if you do 48, uh, you know, 48 uh, or 48 teams, three teams in each group, so you're able, you know, you guarantee a minimum two games, uh, that gives you 16, uh, you know, 16 groups. And like I said here, you know, then it, you know, then you get, you know, first or second or however you want to do it, you know, the, the winners of the group, four, four teams and 12 groups. Four teams and twelve, yeah. I think, so, I think they want to get the three games in. Three games, so four and twelve. Yeah, and, uh, because out of that, if they let's say we get each the winner of each one, so you have twelve teams, and then you'll probably have four wild card teams to make a like a final sixteen. So like the, the top, I think the top second place teams will who the four the four top the four top six second place teams with the points. Or probably get part of that that knockout stage because I think that'll make sense for them. Because let's not forget, this was Sacramento's slot. So, and Sacramento didn't send in the ke- uh, check or didn't sign the papers, you know, whatever, you know, so that they're out of it. Um, and, you know, to me at, at this point, it's Vegas's to lose um, at this time. Uh, but 
Moving on to some even better news. Uh, this week's match. Um, San Antonio uh, traveled up to the Greens and OKC Energy, uh, who had a was nine-game unbeaten streak um, at historic Taft Stadium. And that's a beautiful stadium if you get an opportunity to go. But uh, I cannot wait for Oklahoma City, hopefully within the next few years, to get their downtown stadium. Um, it's been passed. they got to figure out a location and, and deal with all that paperwork. But uh, thoughts, initial thoughts on San Antonio going up to Oklahoma City, uh, getting a goal from Epps in the 66th minute um, to walk away with a one nothing win. Well, it was like a, an old rivalry game, like a hello, hello, stranger, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, some of the battles we've had with OKCU out throughout the years and so it was good to, to finally to finally play them, and I'm sure they're happy to see us. And not uh, now, <laughs> no, not not, to, not tonight. So, but you know, it's always always an adventure when we play them, whether it's here or over there. But going into this game, it, it was important, especially from that loss that we had against New Mexico. We needed to kind of bounce back and get get some, th- you know, get a, hopefully at least a point or. But if we can get the three points, it'd be better, especially now with some of the teams kind of going down with Colorado tying with El Paso mm-hmm. and New Mexico losing to Louisville. So for them to get the win today was great. Um, you know, great shot by Epps. You know, he had he missed a couple of them in that first half. He had some open netters that he should have had a hat trick. Honestly, he probably would have been uh, the USL Player of the Week if he <laughs> nails in those two those two in the first half, but. He pulled through in that one that one little rocket shot from you got got to escape from that defense and and that's all it took. That one, usually a one zero game would win a, win a game between usually between us. You know we've seen we've seen plenty of that over the years. So I'm glad he got the goal and our defense held up. We didn't give up a cheap one and and there were some close calls. You know, but we we're able to pull through and we got the three points going on to to Wednesday against New Mexico. So yeah the. When it comes to the energy, it's, it's kind of an odd series because it used, if you looked at the head to head, it used to be real close. So, um, pro, you know, San Antonio has won one, two, three, four, five in a row. Um, but it was two wins, seven draws, and two wins, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, two wins, seven draws. Um, for that here, and like I said here, they still have the one that stings, which is the, where they knocked us out of the playoffs in 2017 on PKs. Yeah. Um, on there here, but you know, we, you know, we swept them last year. You know, we won. You know, the this, you know, the, the only match that we're going to play this year. So, you know, all time we, you know, we, you know, we now hold the advantage: five wins to seven draws and and two losses against the Energy. Uh, for that here, so to me, like I said here. The first half was, you know, and I think I even told you and Royce, you know, you know, while we're, while we're chatting, you know, watching the game is this, it was a typical energy San Antonio FC match. You know, there, there were, there was a few chances, not a lot, um, but the defense stood up and, 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 you know, both teams kind of held, you know, you know, held back, you know, and, and played defensively and, you know, you had, you know, I think on each side, you had probably what, th- you know, two or three players that would go up into the, you know, into the box area and, and the defense would snuff it out. And, you know, or Matt or CJ Cochran, you know, the, the goalkeeper of the energy would, you know, would, you know, would, would get the save. So, 
Um, I thought it was kind of a very interesting half, uh, the first half. Second half, you know, they did sub off PC, brought on um, Lindley for him. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I thought, you know, they kept with the pressure, they kept attacking it. And then um, unlike the New Mexico game, um, you know, where, you know, where they hit the frame and, and it bounced out, this one, it went in and um, I hate to say this, you know, you know, for the energy fans, I didn't feel like the energy were in a position to score at all. I think they had what one really good chance. Yeah. Um, Matt Gunn jumped on that one, but to me, it wasn't, you know, you know, it, it just, you know, with Marcina, he, he's got that game plan, you know, set back. And I really like the back three of Tainter, Kamiri, and Ford. You know, I would love to see that going forward because I think that, you know, gives us the height. It also gives us the athletics, uh, athleticism and also, more importantly, the speed. Because um, I think, you know, with, with with Axel in there, and I like Axel for, you know, for his height, but um, and, and he's not slow by any means, but, you know, compared to, you know, you know, Kamiri and Ford, um, they've got an extra gear that, you know, unfortunately he does not have it at this point. That that's, and, you know, getting Ford back was, was a key because you, you can tell we were missing him from the last game against New Mexico. I think, I think had, had he played that game, I, I think the result would have might've been different. But because I think we're miss, missing that little that extra speed, you know. I think that's one thing I think Marcina kind of realized, you know, we're going against a lot of speed in the West because of the Fords. You know, we look at who Colorado look as, you know, Haji Berry, Haji Berry, and you know, you know, Phoenix, and you know, and, and, the, and the Loyal have and so forth, and also El Paso. So we kind of had a fight fire with fire, and those are probably the. Like you mentioned about some big moves that we made, I think getting those two were the biggest moves. That 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 inc- that made our defense a lot better. I think our defense is way a lot better than what we had in the beginning of the year. So speaking of moves, it's a good transition here. Uh, the roster freeze deadline was last Friday, and this deal was finalized. And, and El Paso had one that was announced. Theirs was announced on Tuesdays. Ours was announced on Wednesday. So. Uh, so much about that deadline, but uh, Leo Torres uh, got shipped out to Real Monarchs. Um, I know preseason, um, I had high hopes for him to kind of see about taking that next step. Um, unfortunately, he just couldn't get playing time. Uh, yeah, I think he's got the talent, um, and we're going to find out. Um, you know, well, we may not find out. But Real Monarchs are going to find out, and, and which means RSL is going to find out. So. Your thoughts on uh, them loaning out Leo at this point? I think this. I think that this move should have made been done a lot sooner. Um, you know, he shined, and you can you know watching the two games he played against Liga M against Pumas and Querétaro, he really did shine in those mm-hmm. games. He did, he did well, but we just have so much, I guess, uh, death there on the midfield. Yeah, because who are you taking out to put him in? That's the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, that's you're not, and unless unless he unless um, some some way somehow he was killing it in practice, that may, maybe that Marcino, hey, you know what, I do need to put him in in the rotation as far as substitutions. That wasn't the case, so 
I, I think this move should have been done a lot sooner just for his sake. You know, and I guess we're waiting to see, okay, we're not going to play Monarchs anymore. We can go ahead and pull this off. But I, I think they could have shipped them out to maybe another, you know, they could have shipped them out to Tulsa. They could have shipped them out to even to the energy, you know, because it's still be in the Eastern Conference, you know, so he wasn't, he wasn't going to come back and haunt us. But, you know, or he could have gone to, you know, even Memphis. So Alonso, he was going to go somewhere that he was going to get the playing time to at least develop. I think they should have done that a lot sooner than now because really now, who, who's to say he doesn't, you know, he, I know he got in just for for a few minutes on the last game, but this doesn't guarantee that he's going to get into these last few games with the Monarchs unless that's just part of that contract that they signed that, hey, he needs a certain amount of minutes to play. Here's what I think it is. It is I think – I think this could be a sign of a possible move of a transfer of Leo to uh, to um, uh, RSL, you know, Real Salt Lake, because um, basically this is giving him what a month's trial, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer. You know, where they're you know you know because the Real Monarchs players train with the RSL players, so um, for the MLS staff, they're going to be able to see does Leo have, have the skills to be able to take that step? And, and it may not be an immediate move to there. Um, but to me, you know, I think if Leo didn't want to go to Europe and he wanted to go to MLS, this is a prime opportunity for him to be able to get eyes at the ML, MLS level to where maybe this year, you know, cause I think according to the transfer mark, um, he had, you know, he has one more year after this. So if you're going to transfer him, this this winter would be the time to do it. So that's why I think I don't I don't think this was something that SAFC had planned, um, but I think it was an opportunity where they came up and said, okay, hey, number one, it gives Leo an opportunity to 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 really see where he's at because uh, you know I know Real Monarchs the results aren't there, but the t- they have talented players. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, of getting it getting getting it put you know put in um before that here so i think number one that's where i think it's more is i think if if leo tears it up up uh, up there in practice and shows that that you know he does have the talent and the skills um i think you could see him being transferred up to um you know Re, you know real salt lake you know slash real monarchs which is most likely you know where you'd play you know bounce between the two your thoughts on kind of that being the more logical than just him getting minutes? I believe so. Since also, well, the Monarchs will be in that new league, right? Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not staying. You know, they'll so be going San, to the MLS reserve. Yeah. Yeah. So San Antonio, I think San Antonio is going to see. Okay, well, he won't. If we do transfer him, if they do buy him from us, he's not going to hurt us because he's going to be in that new league, and it's going to help him hopefully get into an MLS spot. With you know, with Real or I don't know who, who's to say Austin isn't looking at him too, um, but like I said, they don't have a reserve team just yet. But, well, yeah, I, I just that that's where I think uh, you know uh, for that here. So just to kind of briefly touch base back on the New Mexico match, um, you know, before we move on uh, to El Paso, um, 
your thoughts on the New Mexico match? It was a home loss. Uh, one one nothing on a goal in the 84th by uh, uh, Weehan. This time he did score it with his feet. So hats off to him. Um, you know, I thought it was a great crowd. I know they announced 5,500. Um, you could quibble a little bit with the, with the referees, but I don't think it was anything uh, blatant. I think, you know, San Antonio um, had every chance to win that game. Probably should have, uh, you know, walked away with points. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they hit the post, you know, they hit the, the, the woodwork and it bounced out and, and New Mexico caught us, uh, you know, to playing, you know, attacking, you know, forward got caught up on top. And unfortunately, the defense didn't rotate enough in the back. And uh, you got to give credit to New Mexico United. They, they capitalized on their chance and, and we didn't. Yeah. yeah, they that game, you know, it was just. I think even Roy said it best. It was just a, nothing wasn't wasn't was not going our way. The ball hitting the post. I think we should, you know, we should have won that game. At least three zero three one. We all played New Mexico. I wasn't even. I was not impressed by the way New Mexico played. But they did, like I said, they did make a, a tactical change in the second half that did kind of open up some st- some chances for them, and which led to their goal. But for us, you know, we've we control that game. We're we're the aggressor, and you know that was that game could have really knocked you know New Mexico out, you know, even further down into you know from even making the playoffs. And I, I think we should have kind of gone into that game with that type of attitude. Hey, let's 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 beat these guys. Let's knock them off. Because I think there was a comment made. I, I think tonight's game from the announcers from the, the something like, "Well, the, we had one three in a row. You know, it's okay. We, we lose this game itself. That's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> we need we needed a win. We win this game. We we further distance ourselves. And that's the thing. We haven't really been able to distance ourselves from teams. Correct. It's, minus, like I said, I know there's a distance between us and El Paso, but for us to really solidify that second slot. We haven't really done that, and these are the games that you if you have to win in order to do that. Because I don't know how many points more do we need to officially clinch the playoff spot, but that was a game we just couldn't. We should have never given up, and hopefully, when we do go to to the Isotope Park, we steal those three points back, and maybe that game you just said, you know, we we end up knocking them off from the playoffs because, you know, maybe we don't want to see them in the playoffs. We you saw how they knocked us off with it. Well, the handball knocked us, knocked, knocked them to the second round. But you know, we, the more teams we can knock off end their season, the better. I think I think that's the attitude we need to have these last few games is just be the aggressor. So, <clears throat> moving on to so well, let's let's do a quick check of where we're at and then we will uh, move on to El Paso here. So looking at the league standings uh, at this point, and this is, I know Loudon's not final yet, but it's going to be um, final because they're up five, one. So uh, they're up five Oh real quick um, on Loudon United, but uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies um, actually 11 games undefeated um, at this point, uh, first place, not only in the East, but also um, on schedule for home field overall. Um, 
Riverhounds is second. However, if you look at it, Miami FC is actually probably in a better position. Same points, uh, but has as a uh, game in hand. Charlotte's um, uh, they're not they don't have forty nine points. Uh, that's a mistypo. Uh, they have forty six points, not forty nine. We'll uh, have 49 tonight. <laughs> no, the, they have 46. I already added it okay. uh, onto there uh, for that here. Um, Charles, but but to me, the the Atlantic, the top four is set. You know, you got yeah. Tampa's already here. There's a what, that's 46, 15 point gap to the battery. Uh, athletic, and as you can see, you know the Red Bulls and and uh, Loudon have already been eliminated from the playoffs. Moving over to the uh, Central, uh, Louisville City, who uh, defeated uh, New Mexico United today 3-1, and Birmingham Legion. Both um, have clinched playoff spots. Uh, Tulsa, who San Antonio will play, I want to say in two weeks, uh, will be coming to San Antonio. They're kind of a hit-and-miss team here. Uh, They're in third. Uh, We just defeated the Energy Energy are kind of in deep trouble uh, because Memphis United uh, or Memphis 901, pardon me, has games in hand equal in points. Right now they lose the tiebreaker. Um, but you have to figure if Memphis can string together a point, they're going to be jumping into the playoff spot above through their Atlanta United, Indy 11, just, you know, huge gaffed, uh, you know, by the goalie at the draw, you know, right at, right at almost at the death, uh, walk away with, with, the, with the draw in their last match. And then, you know, sporting Kansas City. Uh, brings up the rear in, in the central. But uh, to me, the top two spots are obviously decided. Um, I think Tulsa gets in, but, uh, you know, I don't, unfortunately with tonight's loss, um, I think uh, that puts Memphis 901, who we will see next Sunday um, at Toyota Field in the driver's seat. Next, uh, uh, El Paso, uh, obviously still a class, although if you look at their recent form, they haven't lost, but they're drawing a lot more than winning. Mm-hmm. Um, they drew, they, you know, they gave up a late goal to the switchbacks, uh, you know, who, who, who I thought were the better team on that night. I'm not saying they're a better team overall, but I, I think for that match last night, they had the better opportunities, but just couldn't convert. They're one point ahead of us at 43, uh, but they also have played one more game. Uh, New Mexico United's uh, right now has the advantage over RGV, um, both at 31 points. So it'll be interesting to see. And then, of course, you got the Bold. Um, Bold doesn't have 35 points. They've got 30 points, uh, you know, for that here. Or actually, no, that's actually is not correct here. Um, They're actually at 36 points. RGV and and New Mexico United is at 36. The Bold's at 35, but the Bold have have a game game in hand. Real Monarchs, um, winless nine. Thank you for playing. Rising, um, they've already clinched the, the Pacific. Uh, they ran away with it, no contest. Loyal are starting to string together um, a little bit. Right now, if the season ended, that's where San Antonio would be going to play. Orange County, um, six points back, but they do have a game ba- a game in hand on the Loyal here, so that second, third spot isn't settled as of yet. Um, and then the fourth spot to – you know, to, to play is really a four-team race between Galaxy, Sac Republic, The Roots, um, Defiance, um, Lights. Thank you for playing. Uh, so the top eight in the 
Uh, Eastern right now goes Tampa, Louisville City, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, Miami, Charlotte, uh, Tulsa, and the Energy. And then in the West, Rising, El Paso, uh, Colorado Springs, The Loyal, uh, San Antonio. Uh, well, actually, we got 43, so we'd probably – you know, would be either fourth or you know fourth or fifth right now. I didn't update this one here. Um, and then New Mexico United at 37 points, uh, 34 uh, for that here. So why this matters is if you finish second, you guaranteed a home game in the first round. After that, it, got, it goes by points. So if we can finish ahead of, you know, obviously we're not catching Phoenix. But if Phoenix gets upset or if, let's say, we're the number three seed and we beat, beat the second seed, uh, you know, you know, let's say let's say we beat um, or let's say we're the second seed and El Paso loses along those lines. There's a possibility that you could still host the more points that you have. So that's why even if you finish second or third, if you can have more points than the other division, that can matter, for instance, if Phoenix loses. Right now, El Paso and Colorado Springs would have the tiebreakers over the remaining Pacific teams. So technically, Phoenix would have to play, would play like New Mexico, which it's not a given game for no uh, for 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 Phoenix because New Mexico has given them problems. So yeah. So the current structure right now, based on uh, results for tonight, El Paso would host um, uh, the Galaxy Two. San Diego would host San Antonio. Colorado Springs would host Orange County. Uh, they've already faced them twice there in, in, in the new wider park. Um, Rising and New Mexico United would be interesting. The East is kind of set outside of maybe that second and third slot, you know, in, in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final slot, you know, you know, you know, for the Central. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be the number one seed. Um, Louisville, Birmingham, there's still a little bit of giveaway if, if Louisville choked it, you know, kind of choked it down the stretch. But I think Louisville's kind of going to be the clear favorite for the second, uh, for the first in the central, Birmingham the second um, through there. Um, so that Birmingham, Miami, or Birmingham, Pittsburgh match would be outstanding. Tulsa, like I said here, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, you know, how they do, uh, how they end the season. I know they play San Antonio, so hopefully not very well. Um, and then Charlotte, uh, you know, if you really look at the talent that they have, I don't know if I would be wanting to face Charlotte as a, as the number four seed, unlike, you know, you know, for instance, unlike the galaxy or, you know, New Mexico United where the results aren't there, mm-hmm. Charlotte's been getting results. So whoever finishes first in, in the central, they don't have the give me match like Tampa Bay, you know, I think they would handle Phoenix or not Phoenix. They would handle. Well, uh, OKC, I think they would handle Memphis, whoever finishes in in, in the in the final spot there. But Charlotte and Louisville City, that that would be a, a very interesting uh, match to go um, for the Supporters Shield. Um, right now, uh, did I check that up again? Yeah, I think I think the Roddies had one game pending. I think. Yeah, I'm just here. Hold on. Yeah, 58. What's rising? Yeah, no. So, yeah, so rising does have the advantage right now. Okay. 
So okay, so I thought that uh, Tampa Bay had it, had it, but no, it's actually rising. Although they have the game advantage on there and eleven games undefeated, I think that's why um, through there. But to me, it's the number one seed for the supporter shield is going to come down to, to those two teams just because of the performances they're on. And right now, the Rowdies, just because they play in a division with Loudon and uh, the Red Bulls, you got you got to favor favor them. Louisville, El Paso, and Birmingham Legion still kind of in the discussion. And then in the wooden spoon, to me, I want to almost say it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's Loudon's to, to lose. You know, they've got 12 points. Uh, Real Monarchs, for, for, for as bad as they have, you know, have 17 lights at 18 and Sporting Kansas City at 19. So uh, the Baby Bulls have played their way off of it here. So, um, but as you can see, our next match is against uh, El Paso uh, for that here at El Paso, which is always tough. Um, they always tend to be a midweek game for some reason. So you and I made the trip two years ago, right? Uh, I guess it was because we didn't go last year because they were they were in a different division. Um, tough place to play. Uh, they've won 21, 21 straight or they're winless in early. They've got points in 21 matches uh, there. They haven't lost in 21 matches. So thoughts on going to El Paso? The, the, the streak ends on Wednesday night. I, I, have, I have a feeling that we're, you know, where we're at right now, this is, this is the game. If you're going to make a statement and you're going to make a move to, to really kind of kick it in gear into playoff mode, this is the game to do it, and if you beat, if you can go out there and beat El Paso, you're sending a message to the Western Conference that we're we're a team to be reckoned with, regardless if you play us at home or we go to your place. You're gonna have to deal with us, and it's not gonna be an easy cakewalk. Uh, so if I'm, I guess if I'm Arsena, you know, really kind of get get up the guys, come up with a game plan that. That kind of kind of neutralizes the use of their field, and and that's the been an advantage for New Mexico because of that little tight. He's got to come up with something and say, what can I do to neutralize New Mexico's play on their own pitch? Because they're not very good as far as playing on what you know, kind of a little wide side. I know they beat us in our plays, but we we did you know go toe to toe with them, you know. And we sh just didn't finish our, our chances like they did. So if there were, like I said, if Marcina can find a game plan to really make them compact that they can't really do anything, and we can take advantage of them on counterattacks, you know that'll help. You know, get hopefully get us these three points. But I think also another thing maybe El Paso is, you know, what type of mind frame do they have? You know, going in from this Colorado. This Colorado game because I know going up to Colorado Springs, I'm sure it took a, it's taken a toll on them in the, playing in that altitude. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they might we kind of have a little advantage because like I said, Oklahoma City doesn't have the same. <laughs> um, and I think and, and I know turf is different. Yeah, but they played on a narrow pitch, probably even more narrow than. Um, you know, than, than what's in El Paso. Now, I think the talent level of El Paso is, is 
night and day compared to Oklahoma City. I, I don't think that there's any dispute on that. So, you know, because to me, really, I think for San Antonio FC, the key is to try to get into that second slot. Um, and, and the schedules are actually kind of, it's kind of interesting. For So for the switchbacks, they get two matches against Real Monarchs, but both of those are on the road. And, and as we've seen, Real Monarchs do play a little bit better at home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Their home match that they have, because they, they play four, you know, so they play four on the road and one at home, you know, for their final five. And, and ours is actually the reverse. So they get two of the two of the trips are, are Monarchs away. You figure they're probably going to get four to six points. But their home games against RGV, which RGV is also fighting for their playoffs live uh, as well. But then... Next Wednesday, the 13th, so 10 days from now, they travel to El Paso. And then the very last game, you know, day before Halloween, the 30th, they play, you know, San Antonio. And they play San Antonio. Meanwhile, looking at San Antonio's schedule, they, their toughest match, per you know, in my opinion, is this week uh, at El Paso. Come home, you get uh, Memphis 901. The following weekend, you get um, Tulsa. Tulsa is hit and miss. Um, I think the talent, you know, especially with the defense, I think that they can get by, you know, get by Memphis um, along those lines. So if they if they can get those two wins, they do travel on a Wednesday, the 20th, to New Mexico United. I think, you know, just being objective, the history of, of San Antonio, New Mexico, that's typically a loss. But then their last, their last two are back at home. One against the Bulls, which you know, dependent, you know, they may be out of it by that point here because you know the coach, uh, they did lose their last match and they've had a week off, so they're going to have a bunch of games. And then to me, it, it, that second slot, I can see it coming down to that that uh, October thirtieth match against Colorado Springs. But to me, if if you you know if you could get a point, um, I know you you know you mentioned that you know hey to end the streak, um, but to me even if you could get walk away with points, you know a draw in in El Paso and a draw against New Mexico United, I think that sets us up pretty well. I think even if you lose those two games, and and, and not that I hope that they lose, but you know even if you lose those two games, I think the schedule for San Antonio FC, um, because it's at home where they typically play better. They are getting healthy, um, you know. You know, you know. Sam Gleadle's got to be getting close to coming back here. Um, Royce has said that uh, you know um, Patino's the boots off, so you know maybe we we see him. You know, you know maybe you know, in one of the next two matches or you know a match or so before the end of the season to kind of build uh, uh, get you know get some fitness because I do think he brings. Um, a different element uh, than what Nathan does and Dylan does, um, uh, you know, up top. But your your thoughts on you know, you know, kind of you know, kind of how the, how the stretch because we're at the stretch uh, stretch run now. How how the how how the end of season sets up for them. I mean, it's it's for us to to win to make a move, or it's for us to to buy out, you know, and. and but for me, I think the mindset going into these final games, you want to go in. A, you want to treat these games like playoff games. 
kind of like the knock, like a knockout stage. We don't, you know, either we win or we lose. We need to win these games. I think the more wins we can get, the better momentum we have going in, going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, you don't want to go in limping into a playoff and then 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 your season's pretty much done. If you can go in a little hot, little win streak, that makes the other teams a lot nervous about playing you. And that and I think that's why it's. Uh, I think this game, like I said, coming up Wednesday against El Paso. I think if we can get this game, it's a statement game because we're going to tell the other teams, we can come in here and we can beat you guys. No matter how big of the, you know, if higher seed you are. And like I said, I, I still think we're good enough to beat, you know, Phoenix. I, th- I think if we play, you know, what we need to do, if we have in the past, like I said, you know, marking and so forth, I think we got the players too. So, like I said, going into or any other Western Conference team, but going into this game, like I said, we got. I think we need to win this one. We definitely need to take care of business with Memphis. You know, you know they're gonna be. They're gonna. They're not gonna. You know, for them, they're not coming in. You know, just just as another game because they're also in the, in a tight race for a playoff spot. So you know they're gonna be coming with gunslinging. So it's gonna be a, a play, another playoff game, and then. You know, same thing with Tulsa. You know, that's a playoff game. Basically, all our games are playoff games, mm-hmm. if you look at it, because all our, all our opponents are trying to get into the playoffs. And that's true. So SAFC has got to be already okay. You know, this this is our our, our round ro- our not our round robin, but our, our knockout stage. Let's let's do this. Now we come out with a couple, you know. I say we tie on El Paso, tie that at New Mexico. Hey, that's fine. But as long as we hold, get the three points at home, that's all that's it's going to help us. But building a little win streak, kind of like what, like kind of like what Tampa has. I don't think anybody wants to play Tampa Bay. No. So if we can do something similar to that, I think we'll we'll make the other teams nervous going into the to the playoff route. The playoff round, and then just say, you know, we don't run the table and, and and do some damage in the playoffs. And I will say this about El Paso, and you know, we're crowning them as, as the champs. But if San Antonio is able to uh, get that win, that'll put them at uh, forty-six points. Always uh, forty, yeah, forty-six points. El Paso would be at fifty-one. That's what difference of five. Mm-hmm. That's two games. And what El Paso is going to be doing that stretch that San Antonio did last month. They play us on the sixth. They travel to Tulsa. They come home and play Colorado Springs. They travel out to LA on, on the 17th. They come home and play the bold, which is is never easy because they're so defensive. They, you know, on a Wednesday, the following Sunday, they play the energy and then they travel down to El Paso. So they've got a lot of games that are going to be compacted. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches. Um, you know, you know, while we have five. So that's, that's going to be the, the, uh, or we've got six matches counting, you know, counting them. They've got seven. We've got six. 
uh, along those lines here. So I think that's going to be the interesting aspect here is if San Antonio can get the win. Um, and like I said, I know that's a big task, but I think with San Antonio getting healthy, um, it's probably the healthiest that we've been, you know, facing them, um, you know, for that here. So I'm looking, I'm looking, uh, look, looking forward to, to seeing if El Paso can kind of, um, can kind of, you know, you know, close that gap and, and put some pressure on them this week. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another thing, you know, you know, really one one thing about this final search is what team what teams can stay healthy. Yes. And I know we're going – I think we're close to becoming 100% back with our players. You know, this you – know, like I said, some of these top teams haven't hit – have been hit by that, that injury bug. And who's to say – you know, I'm not saying, saying anything bad luck on them or which – I mean, you know, was the saying like El Paso gets a key player that gets hurt. Well, El Paso's starting to feel a little bit of pressure. Yuma's yeah. been out the last few games. Um and and uh, you know I wanna I wanna play the best, you know, team of El Paso, but if Yuma does you know, if we don't see Yuma on, on Wednesday, I won't cry. Won't cry <laughs> no either. Fans. I'll be like because uh, he's you know, as much as is 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 uh, give him shit. He's a good player. Um, you know, if he was on San Antonio FC, we'd love him. But, you know, he's on El Paso, and, and you know, he's, he's evil, uh, you know, along those lines. But uh, it, it's 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 kind of funny how this season's kind of, uh, you know, we always say, hey, hold off, hold off, hold off. And then the next thing you know, hey, the end of the year is here. So final thoughts um, on El Paso uh, and then we'll move on to you know any I think, I think, I think the big thing is this with them you know if we can win this game we we, we can we got to make a move to try to get that top spot yeah. I think we can I think we can we, we can probably possibly catch up to them because it would be I think losing to us on Wednesday would be very devastating to them um, because I think they're on right now they're in a big high horse. But if we can hit them right back in the, you know, kind of a good good punch in the mouth with a win, it's it sends a statement to them to say, hey, look, we're not going away, and if we see you in the playoffs, we can knock you off here at home. You know, we're now we're like I said, we're now we're at full strength. Now we're you know, and that's I think like I said, this game I think we have a good chance. I think I think that's the reason why maybe PC kind of came out of the, at the half. I think saving him and a couple some of the other players. You know, this is the like I said. I think this is. I would treat this as a Western Conference Championship game or a division championship game, because if you can win this, you know, it's just it's just momentum going into the other games. You know, you want to set the tone going to the other games, and, and let the other teams know, hey, we're for real, and when you're coming in here, you're not going to win. So, final subject. And this will be on our final thoughts here. Um, Another three game set of CONCACAF qualifying uh, on Thursday. U.S. host Jamaica. I want to say it's in Austin, right? Yeah, um, it's in Austin. In Austin. Uh, Mexico plays Canada. I believe they host as well for that here. Then on the 10th Sunday, they go on the road to Panama. And Mexico is at home against Honduras. 
And then next Wednesday, the United States hosts Costa Rica, and Mexico goes on the road to El Salvador. Uh, so your thoughts on this next uh, cycle of uh, international play here in the CONCACAF? For Mexico, I think they need they are doing need to be concerned with Canada. This is not the Canada of old. Like I said, this, they're gonna they're gonna come bring it. They're gonna try to come get the three points. Or, you know, I know they want to get the one point, at least a point. But I know they're gonna come with the three, go out, you know, go over their guns blazing, try to get the three points. But luckily, Mexico's got some of their big guns back. They got Chucky Lozano back. They got uh, Jimenez back. And that was the, I think that was the big struggle for the last for the three games that they played before. But to come out seven points without those. Two, those two key players, and now that you're going to bring them back, it's it's a great thing. So I think I, I see Mexico maybe come out with seven points out of this. I think they'll take care of business with Honduras. I think they'll take care of business with El Salvador. I think Canada can go either a tie. I think a win or a tie it can go either or. So, but that's in seven. Mexico though, right? They're yeah. hosting. So I think I think. Mexico traveling to Canada is the bigger issue. I still don't think uh, Canada's got the horses uh, to beat Mexico. Uh, Mexico in Mexico. But so. you got to. But you got to look at the game of that. The game Canada played against the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know that that tells you they're not afraid of going into yours. Yeah, that's true. The woods. So that's. I think. I think Tata's kind of. I think he sees that, and he's not going to take this. He's not going to take Canada for granted. He's going to come up with a game plan. They're trying to neutralize Davies. You know, I think the team really, really revolves around him. If you neutralize him, Canada won't do anything. So, if in order for Mexico to win this game, they have to eliminate Davies as far as him touching the ball. And I think they said Mexico can come out with the three points. Like I said, he can go either three points or he can be with a tie. But I do see Mexico getting either anywhere between seven to seven to nine points. And I think for the United States, they need to get seven to seven to nine points as well. They've got to beat Jamaica. They've got to beat Costa Rica. Um, you know, both of those have to have to be wins. Panama, I think they're fourth right now. One win, two draws uh, for that so far here. That's at Panama, right? That's at Panama. And that's that's had some trouble down there. They were able to get the tie. It's that Panama playing in Panama is a very tough place, especially with that community. And and there is you know the U.S. is down a couple of of, of stars so, um, you know no Pulisic and no Reina uh, I believe uh, for that here so, but I do I do believe you know and I think Jamaica will be a little bit better because they're going to be able to get some of the players from Europe uh, where they couldn't get them last time. Um, Costa Rica I think it's a down Costa Rica team this year mm-hmm. or this qualifying so, uh, but the U.S. has to get the three points at home. Um, and like I said, if they can walk away at the draw, at least at Panama, you know, I, I think that sets them up, you know, very well. Um, obviously, New Me- uh, Mexico is, you know, still first place uh, with seven points. Canada second with five. U.S. third at five. Panama with five at fourth. Um, and then Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador, two points. And Jamaica with the one draw um, is bringing up uh, the bottom, you know, of, of the of the qualifying. But to me, if I, if 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 you know for Mexico and the United States, this is the round that you can kind of you know stabilize things, put your mark down, and you know hopefully coast comfortably the the rest of of, 
of the uh, qualifications. There's still quite a bit to play for, but if you can get out to that good start where you're getting 12 points or, you know, in Mexico's case, 14, you know, minimum 14 points after six matches, that's going to, that, you know, that's got to lay that foundation now down very well. Yeah. These are the games you need to distance yourself from the rest of the pack. And I know, I know with the, I don't know with the U.S. side if they don't get those more than the six or seven points, do you hit the panic button with Bull Halter as far as him as a coach? And I, I know that depends how they lose. It depends yeah, how they lose. The rumblings aren't. I know, like I said, I hear the rumblings with Tata, but I don't think he's going anywhere. He's he's going to finish the he's going to finish the qualification. But as far as Bull Halter, you know, I kind of question some of his tactics a little bit. And if things don't go well on this, do you replace him, get somebody else in, or do you stick with him to uh, for the next group of, of games? That'll be a question for Royce after this round. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dude hasn't lost yet, right? He hasn't lost yeah. in, what, a year? Yeah, but I, I, I just... You know, like I said, I know, I know you. It's you know, sometimes you do need to be lucky to win games and stuff like that. But there's just some games I've seen that you know the amount of talent that that team has, and the way he's the system he kind of uses. I just don't, you know, I don't race. That's a separate like, question, though. Of is he getting the most out? But yeah, and that's what he, I'm if, saying. That's if, what if I'm he, saying. If he is has it, a poor, if he has a poor round this round here. Is he gone? And I'm not the biggest, Bur, uh, you know, you know, Burhalter fan, but he's got results. Mm-hmm. And and in in this business, that's 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 the reason why, um, you know, I think the seat's warm for Mexico's coach. You'd say. I think sometimes he's lost the United States twice this summer. Yeah, but he also is kind of looking at it as like. It's just a cycle because our, I know they're the situation is that they're missing some players as far as that are playing now. They were a part of the an Olympic team, you know, and normally they would have been playing on on, on you know in the Gold Cup. So I think they kind of realized, well, he didn't have Cordova uh, and a couple of like well, Choi didn't play in the Gold Cup and. You know, a couple other like Linus and so forth. So I think he, I think they kind of gave him a little pass on it. But still, yeah, he, he still, if he doesn't get, like I said, I think if he loses to Canada, yeah, he's going to be in the hot seat. Now, who do you bring in? I, I have no clue who, who you can really look at unless the only person I do see maybe getting, getting him in would be the Tuca, Tuca Ferretti because he's not really killing it at Juarez right now. And I think for him, like you know what, let's I better, I, let me jump ship now from Juarez and go go with the Mexican national team because he did do well when he was coaching the national team as as a like a as a you know kind of like a substitute coach for for that for those for a couple games. So I think he's the only one I think would be looked at as far as as a replacement. Another one could be Solari. Uh, Club he's he's turned uh, like I said he's turned Club America. The way he's, they're playing, they're playing like a European team. And if they can win that, I'm going to say is this, if they can win the Champions League, I think they can compete with some of the, uh, whoever's, um, uh, I, I think they can compete against uh, some of the European teams or the Copa Libertadores teams in the, 
you know, kind of what Tigers did the last year, the last year in, in that tournament. So he's 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 a he's a dark horse too, as far as being a coach for a national team as well. So, any final thoughts? I saw uh, Real Madrid lose um, Barcelona. Yeah. Is unfortunately, uh, Barcelona right now, and that's not a good thing. Barn loss, PSG um, <laughs> loss. So, who, who, if anyone got any bets, I'm sure they won a lot of money. <laughs> So, but any final thoughts? You know, like I said here, it's 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 been a fun show. Like I said here, I was kind of worried about an instant reaction uh, show just because if they'd have lost, it, it would have been an entirely different <laughs> feel to the show. <laughs> uh, for that, but here, it but is a tough. Like I say, OKC is a tough place to play. You know, you know, it's it, it's it, it's a, it's it's like an, a rivalry game. It's Texas Oklahoma. Well, that's what it. Well, that's next next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, it's, it, that's what it is. It's Texas Oklahoma game, so it's a rivalry. Well, this year had a little bit different luster. Um, yeah, you know, like if if the game would have been Saturday, I would have went. I would have drove up and drove back. But you know, uh, reason why we didn't have a show this last week is because I started a new job. Rafa's uh, unfortunately on the road with his his job those last couple of weeks here, and, and Royce, you know, went when. You know, Royce is, uh, you know, coach of uh, the next uh, the star next. player for uh, San Antonio FC. Uh, so, you know, he's been putting him to the, you know, to the, to the woodwork. That's uh, such a bad thing to take a look at him. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, final thoughts for you, uh, Rafa, before we get out of here. Um, like I said, I look forward for Wednesday. I know, I know I'll be out of time. I'll probably, hopefully I get to catch. But it, it is, what time is the game on? Is it, is it a eight o'clock start time uh against el paso i know we're an hour back so i think is we yeah i want to say it's a eight o'clock yeah. uh here i'll tell you here schedule the southwest park eight o'clock yes uh so that's eight o'clock central seven o'clock mountain time Okay, so eight o'clock. So hopefully I'll get the catch kind of like towards the mid until end the second half, because I'll be I'll be in the valley this week doing college fairs. So I'll be back on Friday and then back back on the road again the next two weeks. But like I said, I'll catch that game on Sunday. Looking forward to that game. I hope, like I said, I, I want I want us to get the three points, and and just to, you know, for the guys, you know, be safe on the road. And also, my final thought is. Um, uh, just like I said, continue on. Hopefully, we can get keep on getting the, this COVID down. And you know, if you haven't had a chance to get vaccinated, take a, take advantage of it. Especially with the city giving those a hundred dollar um, gift cards from HEB. So if you haven't taken a shot. Yeah, get go get it. Go get it. Get a, get some free. There's a hundred dollars worth of groceries. Although a hundred dollars doesn't buy you much at HEB right now. I hate to say oh, that. for the gas. <laughs> for the gas. Uh, but. Uh, uh, my final thought is, you know, like I said here, kind of, kind of twofold here. Uh, San Antonio, you know, come out, support, uh, you know, support us. I know Sunday night's not the easiest night to, to get out at, at 730. Um, but, you know, rest of the games are going to be uh, Saturdays um, here here at Toyota Field outside of this one here. Uh, let's support the team, finish strong. Um, season tickets, are, renewals are on for uh, next year. Um, already and like I said here, I believe if, if 
if you've got the email, if you if you renew by the end of the month, uh, they give you, I think, a Spurs game, right? I think I saw as far as on here. So um, if you didn't get the email or if that's something that interests you, reach out to you know your ticket guy uh, or lady um, for that here. Um, Roadrunners are 5-0. and So if, if SAFC isn't playing and you have the opportunity to go, uh, go support the Roadrunners. Like I said here, they're kicking ass, you know, in, in American football. Uh, for that here, I think their next game is homecoming against Rice. Um, and I think uh, it, between now and, and I want to say midweek, they're offering 50% off of tickets. So if you wanted to go to it, I know I do think that there is a competing SAFC match that day. So that's why I may not be able to take advantage of it. Um, but if you're listening to this, Spurs and Salsa, um, if you can't make it out to Toyota Field, go out and support uh, the runners. Um, but obviously, you know, if you can make it out to Toyota Field, uh, last match we had about 5,500. You know, would love us to see us get about, you know, get back to 6,000, 6,500 and build on from there. But uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in. Chris Cox, uh, awesome to see you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Matt, you know, thanks for uh, posting in. Uh, uh, Max over in Germany, hope you have, a, you know, when, when you get up in the morning, you know, have, have you know, you're able to watch the game. Uh, hope we'll put a smile on your face and thank you for your service. Uh, be safe uh, out there here, and uh, pretty soon it'll be Halloween, and which means it's playoff time. So want to thank everybody for tuning in. What's life without goals? We're out.